What's up, everybody? It is Nate Gladden. I am back. I am ready to have some freaking fun and talk all things rugby league here in America. And I'm going to do it with my man, Michael Carbone. You know exactly what time it is. It's not for popcorn. And whiskey. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is good to be back. I got the tingles all over the body right now just saying that. Oh my God, I'm having a great time. Usually I screw that up about 30 times and I have to keep redoing it and try to figure out the timing and blah, blah, blah. I'm just letting that one roll, baby. This is the first time doing this since October and I am so freaking happy. Michael Carboni dropped by so we could talk all things USARL, NARL, CRL. We, we just talk about it all. Uh, we give our opinions. Uh, some you may like, some you may not. Uh, we talk about some things that we've kind of learned here in there. Um, there's a lot going on. And I know some people have reached out to me and they are really excited. And some people reached out and they really are not excited. Uh, and I actually genuinely respect both sides of that. Me and Carbs were talking before we started and after, and we both said the same thing. But guys, I'm freaking amped to be back to talk with you guys about this. Um, uh, a couple things inside of that. One uh, is... Um, First off, Chasing Roos. Actually, before going any further, ChasingRoos.com. You need to check it out. So uh, Carbs and the Chasing Kangaroos podcast is about to be ChasingRoos.com with some merch, I believe. So that is fantastic. So I want to go ahead and give the shout out to him before I forget about it because he's my guy and he hooked me up big time. And uh, and then now I want to just bounce on to say I love you guys and I'm really excited to be back and talking with you. Uh, like I said, we're going to talk about some things in here. Some of you may like, some of you may not. But honestly, we're just doing our best as fans to try to bring it to you guys. Uh, I also want to give a quick shout out uh, to Eden. Hello, Eden. I hope you're doing all right. She is, without a doubt, my most diehard and young fan, and I'm a big, big fan of hers. And one day, we will have some popcorn together, and we will leave that there. We won't have any uh, beverages together, but we will have some popcorn together, and we'll talk rugby league. I cannot wait. So shout out to Eden. I hope you and your whole family's doing well out in Idaho. Uh, and also, Ian, uh, the back end of this, there'll be like a little bit of a heads up, but you may want to at that point just turn the volume down or just kind of pause and let the rest of that part of the podcast be just uh, just growing up time. That'll make sense. Anyways, guys, we are going to talk about it and then we are going to dive into something on the back end that is a little bit more specific to me, but it's uh, because I because I honestly want to bring you into my world and, and tell you a little something and, uh, and in my own way, just say thank you for all of the feedback I get and for all the love I get. And it means a lot. So check out Chasing Ruse. I uh, hope you enjoy me and Carbs talking. And yeah, you guys are friggin' legends in this space. All right, here we go. Listen, bro, Lucky. let's just jump in, man. Let's just yeah, have let's fun. do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. All right. Well, guess what, everybody? I'm back, and so is Carbs. <laughs> oh, holy shit! Nate Gladden <laughs> is back, baby. I'm good, mate. I'm feeling good. It's great to hear your voice. I can't wait to hear you talking about rugby league. And I haven't felt this good since the Dragons beat Parramatta on Sunday night. It's, it's oh, been incredible. I'll take that. I'll take that. That was, <laughs> that was actually freaking fantastic. The boys are on uh, early this year. So I like that. But I tell you what, man, I have, uh, I have missed talking about rugby league. Obviously, everybody you know, missed a portion of it you know, a little bit last year. But then obviously, I missed a bunch of it because we had everything shut down. Um, as far as playing so this is uh this is fun to be back and uh, i was like well who am i going to do this with who am i going to go on a date with and i was like well i know who i'm going on a date with i'm going on a date with carbs <laughs> mate i'm i'm <laughs> i'm glad you chose me i'm honored that you chose me and i uh, mean I, I i speak on behalf of all the listeners like we missed you we missed you talking about rugby league and i know you've been like i missed hearing your voice um and you know i even i started listening to 
the Inheriting Man podcast, which has been great. You're doing a great job over there. And um, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But I, I started listening to that just because I missed your voice. And uh, But I, I, I do miss you talking about rugby league, as good as appreciate a job that, as you've been doing over there. So, baby, no, I'm, I'm glad you're back, man. I'm I appreciate it, man. Actually, I, I do love this. I really do. Uh, and I do want to talk about, you know, the, that like the kind of like the why I've been gone and everything else and haven't been doing it as much. And because a lot of people wouldn't know that I do the other podcast. Um, and that's perfectly fine. Like, I, you know, it's I, I on purpose, like, don't really talk about it. On, I don't talk about this on there and I don't normally talk about that on here. I wouldn't do that, but, um, but anyways, but yeah, so, but what I want to do is come back to that. Um, cause that'll have some grown up conversation. Uh, so we'll throw that on the backside also, but, um, <laughs> but let's talk all things rugby league in yeah. America. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can, I can understand why you've been hibernating and recharging the batteries. Cause, uh, it's it seems to all be happening now and um to a lot of a lot of those out there it looks like it all just came out of nowhere you know we've seen things like the the narl pop out of nowhere we saw the triple crl pop out of nowhere but all of these things of course take time and um it's really funny that uh, two both of those competitions i just mentioned have spawned off the back of the wolfpacks you know super league demise Yep. And there's been a lot of build-up since then. But, man, yeah, I, I, you've been hibernating for good reason. And now I hope you recharge it, buddy, because there's a lot to talk about. There's so much to talk about, brother. It's unbelievable. It really has. You know, it's funny. So I talked to uh, – this would have been many months ago now. Um, you know, I've had so many people reach out to me like, How, you know, are you part of the NARL? No, I'm not part of the NARL. Did you know about this? Uh, not really. Like, And I say that from the standpoint of I probably talked to Ricky about this for the first time time probably six months ago um but it was not that narl talk it was a conversation about well it looks like we'll be shifting on some things we're going to be doing different things instead because obviously we don't know about travel and super league and you know toronto and you know there's a lot of things right so it's like oh okay so like i kind of was like all right there's something coming but there was just too much going on in life and there was nothing obviously public so yeah uh, and that was it and then i just you know, I funny enough, I teasingly said, I was like, well, whatever's happening, uh, dibs on uh, calling the first games. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I kind of, we left it at that. And then fast forward to 24 hours before, um, before the announcement and, and he called and we talked and I was like, okay. And so that's <laughs> like, so I got all that information 24 hours before, like fire hose effects started coming at me. And that's why when people are asking, it's like, dude, I really don't know. Like I'm trying to learn. Um, but there was so much, but I was like, oh man. So I am excited to go on June 19th to call the game. So that, that I am excited about, but, uh, oh, I'm but there's so, glad, so much, man. dude, dude yeah. Canada yeah. going on, the, the, the U S everything, dude, uh, you know, uh, obviously we all know that you know, COVID did all the things it did as far as you know, side rail and or side tracking sports. And obviously, uh, Peter Valandis and rugby league made it happen. <laughs> they got it back up. I freaking love the NRL a thousand times more than I did because of the hard charge that, uh, you know, way that they did it. They had to have him in charge to actually make it work, or at least that's my opinion. But, dude, it ended up being quite possibly what may be the best thing that ever happened to North America, um, Canada, and the U.S., period. Yeah, it's huge. It's hard to believe that you could love the NRL more than you did. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, we all know how much you love it. So, well, for starters. But, um. It has done a lot for for the sport over there. I think I tweeted a little while ago about or just before this uh, NARL came out about how 
the death of the Wolfpack could actually have been the best thing for for the sport over there. And you quickly said, "Yeah, I agree." Which we and we knew what was going on. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we sort of had that inside info. But um, I just want to sort of point out as well, like whether it's um, NARL, Triple CRL, USARL, California Rugby League, the guys in BC Rugby League doing some great things, like all over the place. There's a lot going on. Uh, in North America, it's not just NRL. We support right. it all. I know there's a little bit of friction, which we might get to that. I'm not sure how deep Absolutely. this conversation will go, but I know there's been some friction between some of the, the bodies and the parties. And um, But you and I, we love it all and we, we see room for all of it and we want it all to so, sort of happen and grow together. So, um, yeah, man, I'm excited. Dude, I'm pumped. The honest answer is like, uh, so that's my personality. You know, it's just my natural personality. When I saw the NARL, I did not go, oh shit, that's bad for the USARL. I didn't go, oh shit, that's bad for CRL. I immediately was like, hell yes, there's more. Like, that's that's what I saw, right? Like, I I saw that. There's room for everybody, like, period. There'll be people that don't like it. Honestly, like, I just, I don't know. I, I, I can empathize why with why they wouldn't like it. But I think if they were to step out and take a different look at it, they'd realize kind of like us, we just love the game and we want to see it grow. And you have to have these levels, these tiers. I mean, it's, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, you can't do this. You can't do it. I was like, well, you, they can, cause there's money involved. Like, mm, you know, that's it, right. there's been zero money involved to this point. Right. And so if, if there's no money involved and then somebody comes along with money, they do get to kind of dictate how things go. Now there's a, uh, there's a role inside of that. In my opinion, there's a role inside of that for the person that does wield the money and it is, you know, able to start a league and able, uh, able to do these things. So obviously, you know, the NARL as a whole, and this would be, you know, this would be for, you know, if, doesn't matter like it doesn't matter who it is but if you put in money then you actually you own it so guess what now you have to own the ramifications and the dedication and the responsibility and accountability all those things so you have to do that so it's kind of a like I, I saw it and i was like well there's two sides of this there's two sides like there's the side that really wants to see the game continue to grow from the grassroots level which believe it or not that's what the narl still is um but there's the person from that side they're not wrong uh but they got to kind of get on board with certain things in the nrl uh, NARL, they're not wrong, but they kind of have to adjust some things to make sure that they're trying to be inclusive. Because um, what happens is if you look at what happens eventually, and you know this, is if you look at California Rugby League, British Columbia Rugby League, CRL, CCRL, like NARL, you, if, if they just keep popping up and they keep popping up and <clears throat> it's not bad, if they keep popping up and refusing to work with each other, it's awful. Mm. Like that's, that's the key. Like in, in my, in my humble opinion, and as the outsider was $0 invested in in, yeah. uh, in any of this, um, you know, just simply quite simply a fan, they have to figure out a way to work together. But I do think that this is the best thing that could have happened at when we fast forward five years from now, there's a really good chance it's the best thing that ever happened. I think so too. And in the same way that the, the Wolfpack being kicked out of Super League has spawned some great things the NRL coming in and, and putting some pressure on the USARL has spawned some good things too because you've probably noticed this as well, but the California Rugby League and the USARL are working a little more closely together as well. And I don't know if it's a direct result of that, but they were polar, polars apart, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe 12 months ago. But all of that's starting to change. And, you know, the USARL, while their, while their Northern Conference may be quite decimated, 
Um, it doesn't look like, and you might have more info than me, but it doesn't look like the club that you know the Kings and Boston and the, and those clubs um, will be taking part. Um, yeah. It's the South is still there, and now sort of California is sort of speaking to them and involved. And I'm not saying it's going to be a Cali and a Southern Conference or anything like that, but they certainly are working closer together. There's stuff happening in Utah, which I'm trying to uncover more and more about and learning more and more about, which is really exciting and interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's it just, yeah, it's it's going to be really fun to watch how all, all of this works together. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, I have talked to the clubs in the NARL up north and they actually do want to stay in the USARL, right? Oh, they want to cool. use this. They want to use this. Like you have to, you know, you um, and that's the other side of that is the, like, I desperately want the USARL to succeed, right? Um, because that is a league of domestic boys who are just working hard and they bring over some guys from Australia or England and New Zealand or something like that occasionally, but, you know, or, or a little bit every year. But for the most part, though, it's it's domestic players getting the chance to play games, right? But if you put together a semi-pro league and you put something up there, now you have those. Because here's the other side of this, too. I would easily say that I've had more players from the South reach out pumped about all this competition so they can go try out for teams so right? good. so that means that you have had players that have been developed on usarl sides that are interested to go try to make a couple dollars and make a little bit more themselves and, and test themselves and, and continue to try to grow and go up the ladder all that does is recruit more players right like that means yeah. like, hey this guy got that because all it takes is one guy from the narl fast forward three years from now use this as an example one guy goes and signs, you know, and plays for, I don't know, whether it's Lee Centurions or, you know, or it's Wolverton, you know, uh, or, or um, Wigan or anything, any of them, right? Or they go play down in, you know, for North Sydney Bears or they go play for, you know, whoever. They get picked up by one of those and all of a sudden that new pipeline is shown. It's like, oh, okay, mm. yep. So I can start with my local USARL domestic club. I can work my way up to the NARL roster. I can work my way over to the one of the leagues overseas, right? Like they can continue to develop and build that. And I think that is a an unbelievable opportunity. Like it's it's a really big, it's, so it's a matter of everybody just has to, everybody wants their piece of the pie, get it, but like they have to, everybody has to work together. Like. Yeah, it's it's quite simple. You have to work together. And we always talk about um, how important visibility is. Like people don't know about rugby league there, or most people don't know about rugby league. Yeah, they really don't, yeah. And and that's because there's not a lot of rugby league happening over there. And we always say, you know, like a lot of the rugby league players in the past have been playing rugby league in the the rugby union off-season. Right. Because there's not like, what is there, like eight rounds in the USARL and then finals because that's how many teams there are, you know? Yep. So, but all of a sudden, you know, if if the guys from the North are playing in the USARL and a lot of them are playing in the NARL and there's there's more competition, more games, all of a sudden they're pretty much doubling their games. You yeah. know, so all of a sudden these guys can be focused on rugby <coughs> league and try and get paid to play rugby league. And then they're kind of not playing the other the other rugby anymore, you know. So I think that's another thing too that we can't overlook. We're, we're giving these guys more opportunities to play opportunities to represent opportunities to get paid opportunities to be seen by professional clubs in in australia and the uk and opportunities to grow and develop a new sport in in their country like it's it's freaking amazing man and look you and i are always gonna the only negative feedback you and i get is that maybe we're too positive when it comes to stuff like this i get that all the time (laughs) all the time but like like 
the potential is there and we just need to uh, we just need to work together and and, and see it you know so well, it, it, it is exciting it has yeah. to happen and it is very exciting like it's very exciting I, oh go ahead I, I, i'm glad you you mentioned that um the the northern like the northern guys want to play usarl as well because to from what i could see atlanta were keen to stay in, yep. in the usarl as well but I heard things like Brooklyn came out and said they'll be defending their title in the NARL and things like that. So I was kind of questioning like where, what the stance was. But do you well, think I've spoken to them directly. I, I will flat yeah. out say I've talked to them directly. Their intention is to have both sides. Like that is so what we, their goal is, flat out. They will have an NARL and a USARL side. Will the USARL accept that? Or will they say, hey, no, well, we're not that I don't. Grade? That yeah. I don't know. But I can't see any reason why that would be helpful. Like there'd be zero, you, you, you can't, I'm going to, you know, speak bluntly on this one. If you have players that want to play in the USARL and there's an NARL uh, league, but you have players that want to play in the USARL and you tell them that they can't have a side in the USARL, then you've by default, you've actually become the person to crack the league. Like mm-hmm. not, not the other way around. You can't, you, you then can't, you cannot look at the other side and go, we get, didn't succeed because of you. You can't do that because you've just chosen. Like, period. That's how. The minute you take ownership of that and you go, "Hey, you can't do it," you you have lost that battle, right? Uh, and it's not yeah. a battle. It's just a matter of like you've lost it when it comes to that. So, but that said, if they try and they can't, but they have an opportunity to play in that league, then that's okay. The South is a really strong portion of the USA around. Like. It, the South is really strong, and those teams are compacted in a little bit more. Atlanta's going to try. It's a little harder for Atlanta, right? Like Atlanta yeah. traveling, people that don't understand the grasp of concept of Atlanta to like Tampa, Atlanta to South Florida, like these are halls. And so these guys are pulling money out of their own pocket to fly down, fly back, get hotel rooms, or drive, take an entire, yeah. like you're talking a 10-hour drive to go play a game uh, and then play the game and then turn around and drive home and or you know crash out one night drive home the next day like that's a lot right so if you're not getting you know any financial coverage it's really tough so if you can get that get that the other side of that also means that now atlanta can now recruit more players which means Mm, when they mm. try to go when they try to go to a game down in jacksonville or they try to go to a game uh at at south florida copperheads or, or wherever they go lakeland doesn't matter but like wherever they go when they go and make that make that run they have more players willing to make that travel right because they know it's like hey i'm gonna have to start here but then i may be able to go to that next level which means they can recruit more atlanta struggled to recruit the last couple years and it's not because they don't have players it's because the travel is immense and because rugby union has stepped in they have rugby atlanta like they have a like they have a real sign where like every one of those players are going to dedicate themselves to like making a roster where they're going to get paid uh where they're going to be you know travel is going to be accommodated for and all those other things and so that's stepped in and when that happens you just can't compete with it like it's i was gonna say it is amazing like because not too long ago you and i were on a podcast talking about that atlanta side being decimated by this mlr team you know they yeah. they there was a season where they pretty much pulled out because they couldn't get the players every week right not only were they traveling but you know they wanted they'll they'll fighting for mlr contracts and and now it's different now now they've got now all the guys are going to be coming back and there'll be more. So it's, um, it's, it's just really incredible. And I just am interested to see how it plays out between the two, because I've heard like, and you would have heard similar things. You would, again, I keep saying this, you would know more than I do, 
but you hear like the USARL saying we didn't hear we didn't know about this no one told us about this um, but I've heard from the NARL guys that they did approach the USARL about it and you know they sort of wanted to that, control yeah. things a little bit so yeah. so you know where is and we know that the truth is always somewhere in the middle yep um, so where does it land and how does it look and that's going to be the big question for me I think for me, it's a matter of, again, this is the positivity thing. I don't care. I'll have so many people message me after this and be like, you have no idea of this and no idea. I'll be like, hey, I don't, maybe I don't know those things. Like, I, I don't even, I never have a problem admitting if I don't know something. It's just, I just, I've, I've long learned that I just fail constantly. So I'm okay with like being wrong. I'm yeah. pretty good at being wrong. Um, but that said, I come at it from a positive standpoint, right? I come at it from a positive mindset. So really, whichever side or, or here's another, let me blow your mind. If everybody just goes, right, uh, how about we all just try to make this work together? Now, that doesn't mean that everybody gets a piece of this pie and that pie and everybody's connected. California Rugby League can still be California Rugby League. USA Rugby can still be USA Rugby California or uh, Canada Rugby League, British. Like they can all be their own thing. But if somebody comes along and they invest money and they're willing to make it a, a, something work in Canada and in the U.S., well, then all of a sudden that's big. So if everybody just goes, how about we all just try to play nice together? Guess what? It'll work. It'll actually work if, if everybody just plays nice. That's that's really all you have to do. You don't have to work together. You just have to play nice. Well, the, the pathways will start to grow organically. And then with a bit of planning, you know, you could see, like, Cali could be a great development league for a Los Angeles team in the future. BC Absolutely. Rugby League could be a great development league for a professional Vancouver side. Um and and the question is, is that what they want? And it's going to be interesting to see. There's a lot of questions. And it's fantastic. The old school footy thing, and I know that you'll know. I know mm. you'll know this. I know you'll love this. And I know mm. some people will spit out their beer and immediately pick up their phone and, and curse me and and call me. Is the old school footy thing? Is somebody's always trying to figure out how they can get that you know their ten cents out of it, and they can sneak their little piece of the power pie, right? Like that's the one thing I have learned about once I once I dipped my toe in this sport, in the sport of rugby league, I was mm. like, oh, okay. There's all it's a power grab. There's really no mm. power to be had if everybody's grabbing at it. Like that's a, like it, just just focus on getting to the end and let let things work out as you as you go. Like just do that, and it'll be okay. Yeah, not everyone is going to be the guy that started that made rugby league in America huge, right? You realize by that, you realize by that, here's a perfect example. Right now I'm talking to you. You have your chasing kangaroos podcast. You're fucking crushing it, dude. You know, I love you. I love love (laughs) what you're doing, right? You, you just released a, you just released an episode. Like I hadn't gotten to listen to it. I just woke up this morning and I saw where you had to chat with Eddie Pettyborn, right? Yep. Well, by default, since I have the rugby league in America podcast, shouldn't like, <laughs> if that's the case, shouldn't I, shouldn't he be on my podcast and not your podcast? And then shouldn't I be mad at you? Because like by those standards, by those same standards, I yep. would be mad if rugby league, in my opinion, if Ali says something or you say something I, like I should, what, should I be reaching out to the players? Like, don't talk to me. Like that's insanity. Every time you put something up that has to do with the U S more people pay attention to us. Every time you put something up about Canada, more people, people pay attention to them. So like by default, we just get better. So I'm just yeah. like, Oh, that's awesome. Like I don't have time to talk to Eddie right now, but you do. This is great. <laughs> like, and, and, that's that is the best fucking example you could have come up. That's, that's the it, best man. metaphor because the thing is too, like you, our podcasts are brothers. Like you're a big that's brother right. podcast. Like rugby league in America is the big brother of chasing kangaroos. Like we know that we've said that forever. 
We've recorded a hundred episodes together. Well, not, I'm exaggerating, yeah. but we've recorded. Apart from Big T, you've been my. I've recorded more pods with you than anyone else. <laughs> so, like, we're we're a team. And yeah. if you know, if Eddie Pettyborn's on my show this week, and Joe yeah. Arkner's on your show next week, I'm just saying right. that as an example. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. it will be, but but people like people are going to listen to both. It's like you That's know, right. if there's a, if there's if there's ten pizzerias on one street, then it doesn't mean they're going to be one's going to be more popular than the other. It means a lot of people are going to go to that street to eat pizza, and <laughs> that's exactly and, right. and that's what and that's what this is. You know, I'm glad you use that example, man, because it's true. Like, there's something in it for everyone, and if if NARL does well, then that means good things for USARL and the California Rugby League and CCCRL and Jamaica and Brazil and Mexico 100%. and everyone. So it's huge, man. Um, it's massive. So I'll say this now, putting something on the uh, NARL side of things, um, and I'm willing to talk about whatever you want to talk about, but like on the uh, on the NARL side of things, what they what has to happen now is when they put that money in and they take that accountability of building a league and doing all those things, they do have they do immediately earn the right when they're spending their dollars to put them where they want, uh, develop how they want, uh, do different things. But they're they started off in a really good direction. In the sense yep. of, I love that they brought on Eddie Pettyborn and Joe Eichner. They have brought on USA Hawks, right? They've brought on yep. um, people that can represent us at the international level. Some people don't care about the internet. Like, obviously, if you're an Australian and you've grown up down there, you're going to care more about origin probably than you are, you know, like, you know, you may care a lot more about them than than the Kangaroos tour, you know, or something like that, or somebody else playing, right? You may care more about your local team in the NRL. Uh, like, at our deep deep core a massive majority of americans fucking love the red white and blue like mm, when it mm. comes to sports that's the that is quite literally the highest you can get like it's it's putting on the red white and blue right like if like that's just the way it goes right so if i see if i see anybody that i don't care about water polo at all i couldn't care less about water <laughs> polo but if somebody yeah. puts on a red white and blue little hat thing that they wear a uh, little whatever that ski cap thing is and then they're throwing a ball around in a, in a pool i immediately care about that team because they're the usa team so like that we have that thing ingrained in us so by bringing in those players they're starting to like show like hey we're gonna build we're going to nurture and build. We are going to bring over players that have experience, but we're going to try to do all we can to bring over American heritage, American domestic, and really start to grow them in. And I think that is big. And if they stay with that model and they focus on that, then I think they can do really, really well, really, really well. I agree with you because we, we keep hearing things like we hear, we've heard a lot of 100 names of NRL, ex-NRL, Super League players that might want to go over there. Um, but we've got to, this can't just be an export product to Aussies and, and English and Englishmen and women. Like, we, right. like this needs to be, we need to figure out how to grow it over there. And I saw like uh, our friend Monty Gaddis over in Cleveland and he was sort of saying, he, he, I think I might have been on Twitter, but he was saying like, oh, like we're getting so much press in Australia and in the UK, but like I need the local Cleveland newspaper to talk about That's us. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean? And that is so important. And they're not going to do that if, you know, Sam Burgess is there or mm -mm. if Ben Barber is there, which hopefully is not. 
Or he's if, not. You know, I, guys can, like, I can confirm. Yeah, he is, he is not. I can yeah, actually I confirm that. that. There you go. There's. Yeah, you know yeah. that. But yeah, yeah. I know people that. People need people need to know that that one's not happening. That's actually been voted on that he will not be a part of that uh, part of the organization. Ben Barber just pops up whenever we need a headline in Australia, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, Ben Barber, I don't think was anywhere near this. Um, so that's and and I'm glad you confirmed that as well. That was like, voted what? on. That's the one that I thought was important to say. Like, yeah. And I talked to Ricky specifically on that one, yeah. and he flat Good. out said, he's like, we do not want to be the league where when you get in trouble and kicked out of the others, you go to America. He's like, we don't yeah, want to be 100%. known as that league. You can't so, start, yeah. that, start with that reputation. That's why, like Eddie Pettiborn, yes, he was born in Christchurch, New Zealand. He grew up in Australia. He played rugby league everywhere. He's American Samoan. Right, mm-hmm. that's right. But he's he's American, man, and that's he right. is so proud. And you, like when you do, when you do wake up and listen to my chat with him, you'll hear like, and you will know this too. You've spoken to him, but he is so proud, and he just wants to grow rugby league over there. Like, so he, he his two year contract with the Kings, that's not where it ends. Like, he wants to coach. He wants to coach the Hawks yep. or the Tomahawks or whatever they're going to call themselves in the future, yep. and he wants to help bring American-born players through. And I think that's amazing. Joe Eichner, the American accent, he's, he's such a like, he just looks like an American football guy. Like he yeah, just he looks does. like a college, col- he's still got a college base. Like he's just like a young jock. And oh, yeah. it's like he's, he's, the, oh, he's yeah. got the look. You know, you've already got Ryan Burrows over there and, and you know, Brandon and Jamil. I think Jamil's on the, on the East Coast now doing some things. And, You've got guys there and there's more to come. And I think, like we said, visibility, visibility. People need to see this. There's opportunities. You can get paid. If you don't make the NFL, you can get paid here. You can do this. You can try that. You can travel the world doing this as well. We need to show you guys, show your people that there's an opportunity. And um, it's it's happening, man. And I'm so happy. I'm so, I, I've said that a few times. It's going to be annoying to the listeners, but oh, well. I'm so pumped. Yeah, I, um, I am. I am too. <laughs> I am too. Um, so you keep you keep mentioning the money. I'm going to ask you some questions that you might not be able to answer, might not be allowed to answer, or you might be able to answer. But questions that I'm getting a lot of myself as well, and I'm trying to dig deeper it. as well. But I've heard figures in terms of how much the clubs are getting and things like that. Do you know anything about what any accurate figures that each of the clubs get or can spend? I have. Um, I, 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 so I have, uh, I have asked if I could talk about that and they said not yet because they plan on talking about that. Yeah. Good. Um, so that's perfectly like, that's perfectly fair. So they do intend to talk about that. I have, uh, I do know, like I have heard how much money, you know, has gone out and how much money is there to go out and everything else. And, and the honest answer is it seems like an operational like budget that can work for this kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So what I will say is that, you know, if it had, if, if somebody had said, oh, there's $30 million in the bank, I'd have been like, no, there's not $30 million in the bank. There's mm-hmm. really not $30 million. And even if there is, it's not to be used. It's to be held on and to develop, right? Like, uh, so it doesn't, it's not as much as people would think, but it's more than enough to get the game going. Uh, and it's, it sounds like a reasonable, because I don't want the number to be too big either, because going into the beginning of the, like, you're going to, crumble at the beginning right but what i do what i have talked to ricky about i have and he's confirmed that is they they are aware that like 
they may not make. And, and I think most, like it's a common business thing too. You know, you're not going to make money in the first couple of years. You know, you're not going to yep. do it. You're going to have to yep. cover your own costs and lose some and know that you're going to lose some. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're losing because you're not running it right. It means you're losing it because you're starting a business and you're trying to develop and build it. So for those who yep. don't understand that, that's a normal common business thing. They know that like maybe the first three years, they won't see any revenue whatsoever, uh, but they have to, they have to build it in a, they have to build a, a solid foundation. And they knew that in order to do that, they had to put in it, they had to invest money into it no matter what. And they are doing that. Um, I think they're doing some pretty interesting things uh, on that. Also trying to figure out ways with sports flick and different things like that to cover uh, being smart about the players. Like, listen, you talk about, you know, Sam Burgess, if you, you're going to have to pay Sam Burgess a shit ton more money than you're going to have to pay, you know, 100%. you know, yeah. some other guy, you know? Um, so yeah, that's smart. Also they're being, they're being wise with the, level of talent they have people want to see like some big fancy name honestly uh you get a fly hat i mean a, a, a fly half well we call it fly half but you know you get a halfback five eight combination from the championship um you know over in england and you get you know uh, you get two loose forwards from you know like the queensland cup or something like that you're going to put them on the field and they're going to step up their game. They're immediately going to be that much better right and so from the mm-hmm. american perspective that's watching they're going to see top level class because that's all they've ever seen so you don't need you don't need nrl super league level um stars like current stars to be playing to make it work you need that you actually with a bunch of americans you actually don't want nrl level stars there yet right. because it's too big a gap and i will add as well when it comes to the money question and like i've heard figures as well and spoken to people and we've we've heard about a few things like this in the past and there's a lot of talk about you know professional leagues and competitions and things happening all the time and they get up or they don't or they start or they stop and and covid's been a big factor in some of them as well but i've never been more confident than i have with this that 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 the money is there and that this can get up i've I've never been more confident with the things that i've heard and the people that i've spoke to and um yeah. yeah it's 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 exciting and that doesn't mean like I can already hear some of the flat cappers in in Northern England. That doesn't mean that this competition is going to be NRL standard straight away or anything like that, right? It doesn't mean that at all. And don't expect that. If we're expecting this to be, you know, the third biggest rugby league competition in the world straight away, the second biggest rugby league competition in the world straight away, it's not going to be that. If we're expecting Americans to all of a sudden embrace rugby league like they do in Papua New Guinea, like that's not going to happen. Right. But but there is an opportunity for for a niche here for us to take over a niche to grow the sport to be to 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 become a higher standard and mm-hmm. for eventually not only for decent NRL players to be able to go over and and live in New York and and play rugby league you know in in the lucky country but also for great American athletes to discover our game and make our world game even better and even stronger there's a pathway there i'm not saying that's 100 going to happen we need to see some games we need to give them a year two years three years four years get things happening we need to see everyone working together but i've never been more excited than i am right now about rugby league in america 
Absolutely. And as far as the grow as big as and everything else, like, you know, the skill level, it's going to take a, it would take a long time for any country. It doesn't matter if you gave Papua New Guinea all the money in the world, they still have to build that, right? Like, like it, they can be fanatical, but they'd still have to build the talent pool and all these other things. So you, it, that thing takes a while. What, uh, what is smart is like you said, the niche, but also like if they focus in on those areas they've got, right. You focus in on those towns and you go, all right, these are the places we build. Uh, we're going to be really smart about it. We're going to try to build a local fan base and everything else. Then, quite literally quickly you can actually start to compare with any other country other than australia other than australia you could compare with any country on um actual people at a game people watching you could do all those other things you you the focus on the talent on the field is the job of the coaching staff, right? The league saying, Hey, we need to be able to fund X amount of players and the coaching, uh, the coaches and the scouts and everybody else finding the right talent and then developing the right talent. That's their job. But that other thing, those other things, that's where they can be really smart. They, if they focus mm-hmm. on the media side of things, right? Like, we want to have, you know, the right people in place to be actually talking mm-hmm. about the game. We want to have, you know, people calling <laughs> the games, right? Like we want to have real coverage on, on interactive stuff online, everything else like that, that kind of thing has to happen. And if, but if it does, then they can actually, they can, they can actually compete pretty quick at the top levels as far as take away the NRL, but uh, they can compare with super league pretty quick on interactive stuff. Like super league doesn't do a good job of interacting, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. like, they, they don't do a good job of interacting with their fans. They interact with their fans in the sense of they give them like our league or they give them, you know, this, or they put stuff on social media, but the teams don't do great at communicating behind the scenes or anything else with the outside world. They don't, they're pretty insular when it comes to no. that. Not all of them. Some of them not, do. Not all know, of them, correct. Warrington do well, and there's a few others that do well. But, yeah, you're right. Not all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely – not all of them, but, yeah. But a, a hard a hard lot of them do, you know, like that kind of but, thing. But, so, and to be fair – So they can compete, a, with, they can compete with a, them. That's an American thing too. Like you guys just do it better. Like we, a, a lot of Australian sports, we're learning from, from you guys, you know. Yeah. Um, so – when it comes to when it comes to communication and marketing and social media, et cetera, et cetera. So it's um, you know, you you you're already gonna that's you're already leading the way there. Um so yeah. It'll help. It'll help. But we'll see. Uh, another question I had. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm t- this is turning into me interviewing you on your Dude, podcast. Whatever you want. No, no, I know. I just I, I, yeah, love I this. just want there's just stuff that I want to like say Toronto Wolfpack. Yeah. Who who owns them now? <laughs> I actually don't know if I'm allowed to say that one, but I do know who owns them now. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I don't think I can't, but I don't know if I can. But what okay. I can say, what I can say, well, what I will say is this, because um, I kind of came about that information and then talked to somebody, but I didn't, I, I almost, I do ask, I go, can I say this out loud or no? And if they say no, like I just hold it in. There's a lot of things I know that I just don't tell anybody because somebody, because yeah. I genuinely believe in like having the trust of the players, the, the coaches, the the leagues. Of course. I, I'm not a normal journalist. I actually don't, I'm not, you know, all those people trying to just like make waves. I, I don't care. Um, so that said, uh, I do know that it was very wise how they did it. So that way they would have rights to use yeah. everything. They'd actually be able to incorporate them in to the league uh, and, and do all that. So they were very wise about going out and making sure that they were able to, uh, purchase rights, uh, certain, certain people, if you will. But, um, yeah, 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can say who owns them. I don't know if I can say that. So I won't say it, but I will say that they were very, very wise. And when we talked uh, the way that they explained it to me, I was like, that's genius. And you just set up Toronto Wolfpack and they're fun. They're just fanatical fan base. They're awesome fan base to be a part of something just like that. And, uh, and it can be a monumental thing, by the way, going back to something you said earlier, we were talking about growing and all those things. I'm just going to, I'll just shamelessly say, I cannot wait for the day that you, cause you were talking about Utah. That is where me and Katie want to move to and live. And I mm-hmm. 1000% if would love to have a franchise out there. Like I would own a franchise out there in a heartbeat. Like I would love that. Like that'd be, that's where I would set up shop in a heartbeat. Well, you- You've put it out into the world, and I have no doubt that that will happen. And, and yeah, let's watch this space because there's interesting stuff happening there. Cali's playing Utah soon. Yep. The the from what I've heard, again, I'm not sure how much we can say, but the millionaire who once tried to buy the New Zealand Warriors is involved in a lot of uh, yep. junior development in Utah. They've got like a schools program happening, which is very unique for yep. you guys over there. So that's an, and and this is just again out of the blue, nothing to do with the NARL, nothing to do with you know any anything. It's just completely out of the blue and separate. So it is exciting, man. And that Toronto stuff is good. Look, we've got the Toronto stuff. Sorry, we're bouncing around, but like what we needed from Toronto was the brand to continue and the fans to continue, and oh, we didn't well. need anything else. We didn't need any, anything else. Well, maybe some of the play like. Would be love to see some of the players come back if there's a chance, but like you know, Quinn Nawadi or something like that would be awesome. But that's right. like that, like the brand is important and the fans, and that's it. The rest of it is clean yeah. slate, and um, I love that, and I can't wait till we're allowed to know who the owners are, and I'm sure it's gonna. Um, I'm sure it's only two or three weeks away. Yeah, it wouldn't be far off, but I'll let them again. I'm trying to work it out. I'm I'm trying to um I'll tell you what, uh, from the NARL standpoint, they're really open with me. And they're like, hey man, you can talk about a lot of things. Like we're gonna be okay with that. Um, obviously you're gonna try to have a conversation with somebody coming up as well in the very yeah. near future. And I'm gonna try to go sit down and have some coffee with some people and uh and maybe some whiskey, but I'm gonna try to, you know, go have a cup of coffee with some people and uh and try to get them to what I basically told him from my standpoint is I was like, listen, I'm a fan. I have a podcast, but I'm a fan. And all I'm trying to do is get insider access to more fandom, right? Like that's it. Yeah. So but you need, the more you can put out there, the better. But it, it's, it's like you mentioned, we're not journalists, right? Correct. People call, I get called a journalist all the time. I'm not, I haven't trained in it. I can't even really spell. All right. I'm not very good. I'm not a journalist. I'm not very good at it. But I just, I'm tech savvy and I've, we started podcasts and we're normal guys. We're normal dudes talking about shit that we love. So if that makes us a journalist and journalists and we are, but we're not looking for scoops. And um, w- what, what I'm and what you're trying to do, what we're trying to do is make it all work together. So, you know, people keep asking me because whenever there's an, you know, you and I broke the Euro 13 story. Yeah, and as soon as a triple CRL came came into being, I had them on the podcast two days later, and we're known for doing stuff like that. But in this case, I've really wanted to, and people keep asking me, when are you getting someone on from the actual NARL administration to talk about this? And we get we've had Eddie Pettyborn with you know Big T's talking to Monty Gattis um, tomorrow night. 
Um, I'm going to be getting someone from Ottawa Aces on and we're going to have conversations like that from the clubs and from people that can talk. But I don't want to have someone from the NARL on until they can tell me everything that people want to know. Like I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want them to come on and I say, where's the money coming from? And they go, oh, we can't tell you yet. Where, who owns Toronto Wolfpack? Oh, we're not allowed to say that yet. What's happening on the East Coast? I'm not allowed to say that yet. I don't want to have that podcast, you know. Yeah, so that's right. we're, I'm not, we're not rushing that out. And it, look, it'll happen. And people, yeah, you especially will, will speak about it when, when the time is right. And it's, um, yeah, it's exciting. But speaking about the, uh, the West Coast, nobody eats yeah, West Coast. I always get it confused. Yeah. Obviously, on the East, we know about most of the clubs, you know, they're all existing, you know, Cleveland's fairly new, but we know what Monty's doing there. You know, Boston, we know about, we, we know about their history. Brooklyn, we know about their history. Atlanta, we know about their history. New York, we know that the old White Plains guys and a few others have sort of taken over mm-hmm. um, the, the New York City Rugby League handles. We know that Washington, D.C. is sort of Ryan and the Nova guys. So we know that these clubs have a history, exist, et cetera, et cetera. Um, by the way, Washington, they should be the Dragon Slayers, by the way, just putting that out there. If yes. Ryan wants to do a rebrand, I would love that. <laughs> but but, but the, the guys on, um, on the West Coast, they're all new clubs. I haven't heard of any of these. And that's what shocked me the most because when, when the announcement was made, I did know, I did know all, of the, all of the East Coast clubs that were coming in, I did know they were coming. I knew there was a West Coast conference, but I didn't know much about what was going on over there. Where are these clubs? Who are they? Where they come from? Are we allowed to say anything about that? What the do you money know? comes in, right? So <laughs> and think about it, right? So like, so these clubs are fabricated in the sense of, in the sense of they don't have a rugby league history, right? So some of these, uh, some of these, these are big rugby areas, right? People need to understand yep. that also. This Austin team, like I, I think in, I think from the time that it broke and they said that there was an Austin Armadillos, I think I had like 12 or 13 players from the Austin area that are rugby players that are like, how do I try out? They wanted to know wow. immediately, right? Now, the interesting thing is how they're pretty much being hubbed out of Las Vegas this year, right? Yeah. You know, they're, they're, yep. they're, they're doing that. So they're hubbing out of Las Vegas this year. Uh, I think that's smart. I think they're looking at it like they're trying to put something in places where it's never existed before. So these are going to yep. be clubs that have names, then they're going to be represented there. And then next year, their intention will be to go to that next level and be hosting. Um, but when it comes down to it, they're going to pretty much hub out of one place. They're going to be able to devote themselves to having a ton of players there. Um, like they're going to have to fund a lot of money to them um, to make sure that that comes up and running. Um, honestly, I didn't really even care if there had been a West coast, it could have just been the teams on the East coast. And that would have been great just to start with. Um, mm-hmm. But the West coast obviously is, you know, you want to have that connection because eventually you want to be able to have that Canadian team out West, like in Vancouver, right? Like you want yeah, to be able to have that connection. Um, yep. But these are big rugby towns like austin is got a really good rugby rugby side uh, like uh depth uh portland good rugby uh vegas vegas is vegas so everybody just wants to be in vegas but phoenix <laughs> like phoenix has rugby like all these places have it right and they're also they're also cities you can fly in and out of no problem 
amongst each other. And that's a big thing too. Like you have to be able to, like, you know, logistics when, you know, wins wars kind of thing. You have to be in places where you can get in and out of pretty easily when it comes to that. So this first year, like, I think the hardest, uh, the hardest thing to tackle is the West coast, right? Because you're going to try to build something out of nothing. Then again, when you think about it, like you also have to look at it and go, all right, rug to an American rugby is rugby. They don't care. You're going to, you're going to give me some, you're going to give me some gear and you're going to let me play rugby and you're going to pay me some dollars. Yeah. I'll play your version of rugby. And then just like that, they find the game and then they love the game. Right. Like, cause we all know that like once guys start playing rugby league, they love rugby league, but they don't, yeah. you don't have to be uh, so nostalgic to it in the sense of that. So it's okay. They can fabricate out West, which is exactly what they're having to do. Uh, and I don't, you know, and I'll, I'll be honest, I have no idea if it'll work. Right. Like I have no idea if it'll work on the West Coast, but I can understand why they'd try and go ahead and get it going straight from the beginning. Um, I, I don't know, just simply because I've never tried to do anything with rugby league out there. But the people that have outside of California Rugby League, that is hard dedication. And they also, if you look at California Rugby League, they're really good at building and like they've really done a good job of San Francisco, Sacramento, like that whole that region trying to really pull it in there, right? But if you yep. look at if you look at it, these are these are new areas, but there's never been any rugby league out West. That's like really taken off. There's never, you know, it's, you know, really rugby league starts in the places where the uh, expats land, right? Like mm-hmm. most of them are going to be New York, <clears throat> excuse me, New York, Philadelphia. They go to LA, they go to these places, but like, they're not, you know, it, it works well in British Columbia. Cause you got a bunch of Aussies that are out there, right? Like, so it has to hit these little things. So they're having to pretty much start with square one. So I, for me, the West Coast, I'm going to be very interested to see how the West Coast does. I don't know. Um, I don't know that it's going to do uh, well, but I also don't know that it's going to do poorly. Like I, I'm very fascinated by the West because that's 1000% having to be fabricated from, you know, from the very beginning all the way through. And it can be done. And obviously this is where that money comes in and the logistics and who they have involved in it. Um, but it, Yeah. It is interesting and the whole, you know, one combine in LA, in um, Las Vegas and it all being centred around Vegas to begin with and I've heard rumours about one coach that oversees all of it, you know, sort of or one coaching director that oversees all of it and we'll hear more about stuff like that, I'm guessing, soon. But it, it's very – the whole West Coast it reminds me of like the Premier Lacrosse League where they sort of travel from town to town and play all their games and the teams don't even aren't really like associated with cities. They mm-hmm. just have names, you know, and it's kind of a little bit like that. Although we do have, we do have cities, you know, and or, or uh, yeah. So that's interesting, it, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. Like, so someone could, someone could come in and say, all right. So after season one, season two, an investor could come in and say, all right, San Francisco um, Rush, we're going to take you, and we're going to call right. you San Francisco something else. Yep. And we're going to start to build, you know, rugby league in, in San Francisco. And that's that to me is what you're explaining, yeah? Is that yeah, sort of absolutely. how you kind of say That's the way I see it, right? Now, I don't, I'm not on the inside. I'm not on the board. I'm not the one, the financial, you know, side of things. Uh, I'm not even, you know, I'm not involved at all with it. But the way that they've set it up, to me, it looks like, hey, we're going to put this out there. We're going to try to see if we can get that local investment. Uh, and then once we have that, we've got the game going. So now you take it back to your city. It's a good way to do it because you know as as well as I do and all all the American listeners of our podcast not, will tell me all the time that if it's not national, Americans don't give a fuck, right? It's true. It's, right? So, you, you know, whether it, 
we, you said something there. I don't know if it'll work or not. I hope it does, but it has to work that way. Otherwise, it's not. Otherwise, it's just correct. Then it's just know, a matter of if it doesn't work this way, then they're going to turn around and, and you know, or well, I'll say this from somebody that's not on the inside, right? If it were me and yeah. I were them, kind of thing. If you go through the first year and it's like ah, it was, it's okay, but it's not exactly what we want it to be, then I would go, all right, uh, we want to put people on the ground in Salt Lake City. We want to put some like, so in Utah, we want to put somebody on the ground in a place like Seattle, a place like San Francisco, a place like British, you know, like uh, Vancouver. We want to have yep. those four, maybe those are the four places out West. We want to put one in Austin. Uh, and then we want to put one, you know, wherever, like, you know, wherever you want to do, uh, leave one in Vegas, obviously. Right. So you could have those teams. Most of those towns that I just named are heavy Polynesian populated places. Mm, and yep. that is a very, very big key to me. That was the biggest shocker, right? Is not focusing on those. But if you had, you know, if, if you have Seattle and you have uh, Salt Lake city and you have San Francisco, then you quite literally have outside of like living in your region of the world, you have the largest pool of Polynesian, uh, you know, descendant, you know, people or how heritage or however you want to say it <clears throat> living in those areas. Those are the most populated place. Like you're looking at, I think there are 20,000 20, Tongans that live in Salt Lake City region, right? Like, yeah, well, that's insanity, right? Like, there's at least 20,000 Polynesian people. I think if you did the breakdown, it's pretty damn high. It's like massive Tongan, you know, and then there's going to be all the other, you know, uh, um, heritages as well, you know, but Fiji and different things. So you've got a ton. I mean, you could, you could build a, you could build an entire nines competition out of just the salt, the greater Salt Lake city region in Utah itself. Um, so you have these other options. So I, I could see that I could see the West reshaping itself. Um, but I, I feel pretty good about the East coast being pretty staple. And then you throw in Toronto and Ottawa uh, and you're good. And then eventually maybe Vancouver and you're good. Yeah, I think I can definitely see um, once you throw in Toronto and Ottawa onto the east, you need two more teams in the west. I can see Vancouver and maybe like an LA or something like that. Maybe I don't yeah. know, but but it's it's interesting, man. The Austin Armadillos, I'll tell you, that name is growing on me. I hated it when I first heard it. I may have scored it pretty poorly in my brand with uh, my brand exercise with Maddie Hayes. I like Haynes. that. But um, I'm really it's growing on me. I really like the Armadillos now. I, I, like, I think they might, yeah, they might be my team on that side. But you know, it's interesting, <laughs> man. Uh, you mentioned nines. Is any is there any nines plans for the NARL, or is there any other nines plans going on around the US? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you that there. The, you know, so we've started the Mayhem Nines, right? We've seen that a little bit popping up here and there. I'm excited about that. I saw Roots Rugby League men and women are going to the Mayhem yeah. Nines uh, in yeah. Tampa, so I'm excited. I'm sure that'll be popping. We'll start to see more really, really soon. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to see that. Um, so that'll be there. Uh, as far as the Nines competition from the NARL, I don't think there's been anything that's a you know official on that. Um, I did talk to Ricky about that before. I was like, "Oh, you could start Nines." He's like, "No, nah, man, we're not going Nines." So he's like, "They may hold a Nines tournament, but they wouldn't do that." Um, obviously, they're building in some different regions, and I do think that the Nines format is a really, really big thing, and it can really, really work. <clears throat> I think that you, I, well, let me rephrase it. I do know that in the next couple of weeks, you will hear about something going on with nines and you will hear about <laughs> professional players and you will hear about a place in the United States and you will hear about some, uh, uh, something coming up. I absolutely know that you'll hear about that in the next couple of weeks. Um, but you're such, I, you're such a, you're such a tease, Nate. I miss you. I know. I know. <laughs> 
I know. I, I can assure you that me just saying that little bit right there, somebody's going to message me and be like, bro, I'm the, don't worry. Trust me. Like you want to immediately say that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that'll be, that'll be something I think is really, really cool. And, uh, and we'll see where that come or goes, but I'm pumped to know that something's coming down the pipes when it comes to that. And, and that'll be, a, that'd be, a, that'll be a fun thing and a, and a really good learning thing. And it'll have a really good reason as to why it's happening. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. And nines is important. I think the women's game in particular, there's a bit of nines action happening. Yep. That's a big shout out to those guys. There's plenty going on there. And, and we keep hearing about nines tournaments in Hawaii. And of course, Triple CRL is going to be completely nines when they first begin. Which is smart. Um, so, I think it's smart. Yeah. Look, I think it is, man. It's funny. Like when, when we started here, once the Wolfpack died, um, I started hearing a lot of things from people. Oh, we're going to start this. We're going to start that. And I, I heard about the CCCRL and the NARL very early on from different people. And in my mind, I was like, is this the same thing? Are people telling me about the same thing? Mm-hmm. They can't be two separate leagues, can they? Like what's happening here? And I watched them both evolve in the background. And then it was like, oh, fuck this. These are two, <laughs> these are two different competitions. How is this going to work? But they're both very different. They both have very different models, uh, very different strategies, and, you know, they both can work. Um, yeah, absolutely they can. Uh, it, they can build. It's just a, I, I'm really proud of how – because, like, you, you guys over there, man, like rugby league for h- over 100 years, it's, there's a lot of negativity. A lot mm-hmm. of, like, teams die and fans get upset and things don't work out and – we try and expand, but we can't. And then we do, and we Melbourne works, but you know, London doesn't work, and blah 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 blah. Like it's just, I feel like there's a lot of negativity in rugby league's history. But I'm so proud of you guys because in North America, when their professional team died, they made other shit happen. <laughs> like absolutely, like, it, like this, like. We've said it like we said earlier. It was the best thing that could have happened for rugby league in North America. The Wolfpack dying in in inverted commas. Um, so like I'm just, it's so great and so refreshing to to see you guys, the Americans and the Canadians, like not being dragged down. And and it's because you're not right. You guys aren't some some of, in Australia and the UK maybe and and New Zealand and France. We're sort of bogged down by the shackles of our history. You guys don't have any of that. No, exactly. So you you guys can say, you know what, Toronto, maybe Toronto doesn't work in the Super League. Who cares? Let's do our thing. Let's do our thing and let's bring New York and Ottawa and Toronto together and let's make it even bigger than that. And you know, one um, of the things is we just don't have bad habits yet, right? Like we mm, don't, mm. we don't have that history. So we don't have, it's the same. If you're coaching a sport and you get a guy who's an athlete, but he's never played the sport, he doesn't have any bad habits that you have to uncoach him. You know, you mm, just get to coach mm. them. And it's that right now. Like right now, that's where we're, we just got a ton of athletes. They're just like, sure, I'll play your game. That's it. Like they don't know the history. Yeah. I love the history of rugby league. I think it's fantastic. Like when I get to hear, like when Mike Simpson puts up something about some old player or some old mm-hmm. team from somewhere, it makes me so friggin' happy. Whenever I see something, for, you know, from somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, this team or that team, or, or man, I got books in, in my closet of like that people have sent me from like all kinds of history and stuff like that. It's, it's awesome. I love the history of it. 
you know, Lucius Banks, you know, I want to have the Lucius Banks award this year, you know, and the Manfred Moore mm-hmm. award this year. Like those are, those are real history moments that I love, but the average person is like, right. You give me the ball. I'm gonna run at somebody. This is going to be a lot of fun. Like awesome. And so they're just positive minded. Let's just play the sport. And that's what we need right now over here. hundred percent, man. Uh, it's I'm pumped. I'm so happy. I'm yeah. so happy. And I just want to see it all work. And we've, we've seen, we've seen fights, we've seen splits, we've seen people fight and, and people fighting over nothing. Or not nothing, but people fighting over small territory. Let's right. just work together and make this big, make this as big as can be. And uh, even, yeah, even if you don't work together, just quite literally, just like be nice. Just be be nice. nice. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's, it. <laughs> that's, that's the it. quote of the podcast. Just be nice, guys. Just play nice. That's, that's, that's it. What, I, that's what nice. I say to my. That's what I say to my kids every day. Right? Every day. <laughs> but, it, but it's important like it's important man oh my god well listen i don't want to keep you too much longer um i did want to kind yeah. of switch gears uh, uh i'll do something on the intro so i so i'll give that uh, i gave that to him and so now i'll just uh now i'll just say to uh, uh ian barkley especially uh go ahead and now you can turn this portion of the podcast off and listen to it by yourself. Don't let the little lady. Uh, so if anybody has any little kids, they don't want them to hear it. They don't have to let them hear this part, but I gave a, I'll give a little, uh, it'll make sense in the intro. This has already happened, but so I did start another podcast. Um, and I wanted to talk with, with you just cause it's, you know, it's the, it's the footy world and, and I love you guys and, and I have so much fun, but COVID happening was probably the best thing that could have happened to me uh, in the sense of timing wise, even though it was a bummer that we lost the rugby league. Um, you mentioned the inheriting manhood podcast. So I do that podcast. This is not a, I'm not trying to do a shameless plug. Obviously. Yeah. You'll hear about it now, but that's not what it's for. It's, it's, uh, for a reason. So when all this happened, I had been trying to figure out some different things that I wanted to do. I wanted to give back. Uh, and so the reason I want to talk about this on here is because the, the inheriting manhood podcast does not happen if it's not for the amazing, uh, the amazing Katie, uh, uh, my girl, but it also does not happen. You know, her pushing me to be like, Hey, go ahead and start talking about these things, but it really doesn't happen if it's not for the rugby league community. So I'm like, I 1000%, I have the love of my life because of rugby league. I got buddies like you because of rugby league. Uh, mm. I'm still breathing because of rugby league. Right. So when I started that podcast, uh, well, let me, let me rewind. I started the rugby league in America podcast in Basically, it was born in March of 2018. Um, I was in a horribly dark place in my life. And in one, I, I tell Katie this all the time, I actually stood up. I was watching, um, I was watching like an old game and I like stood up in my living room and I was like, I'm going to start talking about rugby league. I can do this. This is going to be fun. And I just like, and that's how I started it. And I started it simply because I was trying to survive because I was struggling in life. I was not doing well. Things were getting really, really dark and I needed something to grasp onto and try to figure out a way to like keep my brain busy in a new direction. And I did. And rugby league, like quite literally is a massive reason why I'm still breathing. Uh, and the whole community. So even for all the negativity, there's a bunch of beautiful positivity that are the people. The people are like the. I love the game of rugby league because they can be so damn negative about like this, like something in the sport, but they love the sport. Like if that makes sense, like the positive mm. about the the sport they love, they may be negative about all the other things inside of it. And it's this beautiful <laughs> dynamic. It's like a it's a family. It's really like a family. Um, so it's been unbelievable. So I started the Inheriting Manhood podcast because. Uh, rugby league uh, but if it hadn't have been for covid 
there wouldn't have been the shutdowns, the lockdowns, the games wouldn't have canceled. I would have never started doing this because of it. Um, I just, I wouldn't have. Um, but that podcast, we do talk, uh, basically I talk to a lot of different people on that podcast and I do some solo episodes as well. Uh, it's a different me that you hear. It's a, it's me. It's really me. Like I'm, I'm two people when it comes to sport, I just love it. And I just, I love, I love to talk about rugby league. So it makes me, it always brings me pure joy, right? Like, and then the yeah. other side is talking about real things, real things that matter, uh, serious stuff. So I do talk to guys and try to like learn to teach development and help them. Uh, but we talk about struggles of suicide. We talk about, you know, rough things on the podcast. Um, and that's why I don't like talk about it on here normally, but that's where I've been. That's where I've been. I've been gone. I needed that year to really like work up the courage to try to start doing that, to talk to guys. And I brought like Blake Wallace on the podcast. He's come on, you know, some starting to yeah, branch back out in the fighting world. Yeah, yeah. I brought Righty on before and, and, uh, and of course, Bergs and stuff like that. So, but that's where I've been for the last, you know, once everything really just died out and I just realized like there was going to be nothing with rugby league. I had no more excuses. And I was like, right now's the time to dive in and, and get after it. Uh, and so that's where I've kind of been trying to build that platform uh, and then go from there. It's amazing. People would be shocked to hear. I think you're almost up to 100 episodes over there, which doesn't shock me because you're a powerhouse. Like you don't <laughs> stop when you put Appreciate your mind to something. It. I think what would shock people is to hear what you said at the start about how, what place you were at before you started the Rugby League in America podcast because you're one of the most positive people in Rugby League. Um, so to hear that would shock so many people. And I think that's a good lesson. And I think it's great that you're talking about this stuff, man. And uh, it's, it is important, especially as men, like we need to understand our emotions, our feelings and, and who we are and who we should be and can be. And it's important because, you know, we've got like, we need mentors and voices and other men to talk about stuff so that we're not afraid to to feel and 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 talk and all that sort of thing as well so i think what you're doing is amazing man um i, I think it's incredible and if it helps one other person then you've just one other person then you've Absolutely. done your job and it's certainly helping you as well man it reminds me a little bit of um uh, this is a complete st stretch but like robin williams when he yeah. took his life no one expect like he was like the funniest man in the world. You, he was always on, always so happy and laughing and making other people happy and laugh. And you just go, how, where did that come from? How did, how was he in such a bad place? Right. And the, the thing is, you just don't know. And I think we as men, and, and one thing that you're teaching me through your podcast as well is that as men, we need to be there for each other, even if it doesn't seem like we need to be. You just don't know. Yeah. Um, so man, you, you're killing it. You're doing a great job and yeah. I'm proud to call you a friend, man. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that, um, you've asked me here to, to bring you back to rugby league and to, <laughs> to, to help you explain this as well. So yeah. it's, it's awesome. It's I awesome, appreciate dude. it, man. I appreciate it. I, I really, I, I, <clears throat> I love the rugby league community and there is quite literally anybody that's listened to the, to the rugby league in America podcast over the last, you know, three years now or so um, anybody that's listened to it, anybody that's engaged, interacted, messaged, liked, cursed me out. Like, doesn't matter. Anybody that's done whatever. If I've had a drink with you, I've done it. You're quite literally a part of my story. And so it's 
beautiful to have that. So, but that's why I've started the other podcast. And so I do keep those separate, uh, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's so that it's, so that it's, it's not that women can't listen, but it's, you know, it's so that men can, a lot of men want to listen. They don't want to talk about it, but they can at least listen and they can be like, all right, yeah, something. And a lot of the guys very I'm bringing true. on, they're military guys. They're people that live in my world um, that I have access to. So obviously that's going to be a lot of them, but we're talking about leadership. We're talking about, you know, emotion. We're talking about, you know, understanding our emotions, but we're also talking about like developing, you know, just growing up in life and everything else. And I want to continue to start bringing on more rugby league players and start finding those guys. I'm trying to work with some people behind the scenes to, to get a hold of some players who, who, uh, who want to talk openly and honestly about things, you know, like Blake Wallace got on, we had a conversation. We talked about him. Like uh, we talked about him stopping drinking six months ago because he was going off the rails we had that conversation. So if anybody wants to go back and listen to that, like the, the one with Blake Wallace, and we talked about that and how much more he's doing is, you know, to develop. And I tell you what, man, like that is, that is such a big thing to have, um, to be able to talk about. So I just think it's, yeah, I think that's why I'm doing it. And that's where I'm, uh, that's where I'm going with it. So we'll see how it all ends up at the end. Nate, there's a podcast um, that if you're not listening to, you should, it's called Refuse to Lose. Okay. And um, it's a journalist from, I think he's from Brisbane, um, Aboriginal, he's part Aboriginal, and he speaks to a lot of like, in particular, Aboriginal and Islander footy players about, mm. it's mainly about their struggles growing up and what they've, what they've had to deal with. I think you'd really like it, man. Check it out. Refuse, refuse to. to lose podcast. Um, but a question for you is like, so you're already probably one of the busiest men in the world. What, what do you, how do you? How are you going to juggle both podcasts now? Are we going to hear? Are we going to keep hearing rugby league in America? Like, can you do both? I don't know. I'm trying. Um, I don't want to. I actually said something to Katie at one point. I was like, I'm thinking I may have to like start to move away from the rugby league in America. And she like, she wasn't crying, but she like looked at me and she's like, "That's how we met." Like, I was like, "All right, (laughs) got it." So, uh, so it's not going away. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to do to be without diving too much into my job because I don't want to bore people. But um, pretty much about the same time. Well, actually, the week after. Uh, the grand final in 2019 up in Brooklyn. At that point, I started traveling and going and I haven't really stopped that much. Um, And so the ability to go to the games has almost, it would have been non-existent last year. I would have shown up at basically no games Uh, and I don't know how many games I've got the opening weekend, June 19th. And I know I'm going to get to, I don't know how many more Um, at the point where I'm trying to look to move out and retire out of the military in the very near future. Um, But I have been, a busy, busy person. Uh, the other podcast has worked well because so many of those guys have chaotic schedules like me. So we can set up some random times and it's okay. Um, it is the biggest thing for the rugby league here. I'll give a shameless plug. I've always in the past, I had enough time to constantly chase, uh, chase the teams, talk to the teams, message the teams. Hey, give me all the information you can possibly give me. I'll make the best out of it. And then I'll put it together in episodes. And the biggest thing is right now I don't have, I have to have clubs reaching out to me, just like emailing me, messaging me. Like, these are the updates. These are our players. These are our stats. This is this, this is a, that would help me so freaking much. So I could actually do it. If I could do rugby league for a living, I would like, mm. like if I could, like if I could do it, I would dive full throttle into covering rugby league 24 hours a day. And then still, of course, do my, I am podcast on the side. Uh, but I would do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, someone someone wants to hire me to work in rugby league. Go ahead, go right ahead. I'm all about it. Uh, but yeah, like 
so I do want to do it. Um, I may not be able to pump out three or four episodes a week like I was, but, uh, but I do want to stay in the game and I still want to keep the rugby league podcast going. I think even hearing from you every now and then, we'd appreciate that. We miss you. Uh, if you ever want to jump on and host the Chasing Kangaroos every now and then, you're more than happy to do that. If that helps Absolutely. you, if that, if that keeps you happy as well, and I know it'll keep our listeners happy too, but um, yeah, man, I, I, I hope someone hires you because um, you deserve to be working in rugby league, dude. And uh, hey, also congratulations, mate. I don't think we I have said this publicly. Uh, we've said it a few times, but just on behalf of everyone as well, congratulations on on the upcoming wedding, my friend. Like, oh, yeah, thanks. That's, yes, that's, <laughs> you Aussies, you you got me. You snuck her in, and she's here, and she got me. So yeah, but no, just I'm make, very very happy. Just make sure she keeps her Aussie accent, man. Because whenever whenever <laughs> whenever we move away, like we always always start talking like wherever we are. So just make sure she's make sure she keeps her Aussie roots. Keep watching Kath and Kim. Oh yeah, and, um, I love Kath and Kim. I yeah. love Kath and Kim. Dude, I don't, it's funny. Last night when we were making dinner, or maybe it wasn't last night. It was the night before. She said something about it. She's like, "I, I never want to lose my Aussie accent." And, oh, did you? Uh, and, yeah. I said, and I said, "Don't worry about it. I don't want you to either." So, but yeah, it's funny that you say that because that is honestly the thing that like she knows. Like if she lost it, people start paying her out. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good, man. Oh, man. All right, brother. Too let me good. hit stop on this recording and uh, appreciate you jumping on here and doing this with me, man. I love it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. There you go, everybody. Michael Carboni, the Chasing Kangaroos podcast master, uh, masterful craftsman, if you will. Nah, thanks a lot, Carbs, for jumping on here, guys. I, uh, I love you to death, and you really are a part of me. So there you go. Hopefully, I will be able, like he asked, will I still be doing the Rugby League in America podcast? And like I mentioned, Katie almost looked like she was going to cry when I told her I wouldn't do it uh, that time before. So now I will keep doing it. I will keep doing my absolute best um, to make sure that I mix uh, business with pleasure and pleasure with business and all those other wonderful things. And uh, yeah. All right, guys. Cheers.